from Maui, Hawaii, and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School for December 18, 2011. We're live today with this webinar that allows us to uh, respond to your comments and your questions, either by text or telephone. You can also participate by Skype if you'd like. And of course, uh, once class is adjourned, there will be an instant replay, and uh, that will be streaming on our website, theagelesswisdom.com, and uh, in a couple of days, podcast around the world. So you have lots of options. Most people listen by podcast or streaming, but if you're with us live today by telephone or web, we appreciate that. And uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, we're coming into the holiday season, of course, for just a week from Christmas. And uh, I'd like to mention, though it probably is obvious, but there will be no mystery school a week from today on Christmas Day. And uh, we'll resume the following week, which would be, um, well, actually, the following week is January 1st. And I think I will, even though they're both holidays, I think I will do a class on January 1st just because um, I don't want to take two classes in a row off. So uh, we'll do something on January 1st. I haven't given it much thought, but the important thing is uh, we will not be here on Christmas Day. Okay. So uh, with that being said, our topic for the day today both here in the free forum, which goes for about 25 minutes, and in the premium training that follows for those of you who have enrolled, is the whole idea of evolving by intention, or said another way, the intention to evolve. And I'm not just talking about life evolving in the various forms, human beings evolving and animals evolving, plants evolving. Does the mineral kingdom, for that matter, evolve? Does it unfold, grow, change? My central question today is going to be, does God evolve? And on one level, this is uh, rather a blasphemous, heretical question, since we are taught to think of God as perfect, and all-knowing, omniscient, in other words. And so here's my approach, and I hope you find this half as interesting as I do. I think this is really a fascinating topic, because in order for God to be God, from a philosophical point of view, God must be omniscient. All right? I want to bring up a little slide to go along with this that I'm going to use in the uh, premium training also. Let me bring up this slide. Omniscient, of course, means all-knowing. If God is not all-knowing, if God does not know all that is, that's not much of a God, right? In fact, it's very similar to the question that Many religious and philosophical people have pointed out across time that if evil exists, 
outside of God or in opposition to God, then what kind of God is it? Uh, if illness and disease, for example, the existence of cancer or various viruses and germs constitutes some power or force that is other than divine, if sickness and illness, if accidents and tragedy is not part of God's plan, then you defame and weaken God. What kind of God is this that has no dominion over evil? And this is a fundamental challenge for the church, for all of the various religions, indeed for philosophy itself. And so usually it's just not approached at all. The idea that evil can exist as a shadow, as uh, like cold, the absence of an energy. Shadow, darkness, the absence of light, cold, the absence of warmth, evil, the absence of good, the absence of God. The devil, though personified, is the absence of God. But the church would have you believe, at least in the West, in the monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, that evil opposes God, that there's a battle or a struggle. And of course, the big struggle here is what kind of God is not powerful enough to conquer e evil. Well, I think a really good argument is God is powerful enough to manage and conquer evil and presents shadow or its absence in the world as an opportunity for God's agents, human beings in particular, to choose which of the two paths to take. Are we going to be tempted to pursue a selfish interest without regard to its impact on others? Or are we going to rise to the occasion, uh, you know, accede to our uh, better nature and take what may be a more difficult path and choose goodness rather than evil. Well, we have a similar dilemma here. Uh, God certainly, by definition, has to be able to manage evil. And so evil or darkness or the shadow exists, if not in God, in God's willingness to make it part of its creation, to put the yin and the yang, to put the choice or the temptation. This is the apple on the tree in the Judeo-Christian myth, the temptation to be selfish and refuse to consider the greater good of all concerned, refuse to recognize that all of creation is imbued with divinity, and yet there is this paradoxical shadow. And yet God is good. In the same way, today's topic, the evolution of God, I'm going to concede that God must, by definition, be omniscient, that is, all-knowing. So we're not going to discuss whether God knows all that is. The question I'm going to discuss in depth in the premium training that follows, I hope you'll register if you haven't already and get enrolled for this class because it's going to be really 
thought-provoking at the very least. The question I'm going to pose and explore from the point of view of all the religions and various philosophies is, does God know all that does not yet exist? And I dare say, it's not likely that you've ever considered this. It's unlikely you've ever heard anybody talk about the omniscience of God acknowledging that God knows all. I mean, what's the Trinity in this regard? It's all-powerful, omnipotent, uh, all-knowing, omniscient, and omnipresent. All-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere equally present. And you could say all-loving as well. So I'm going to acknowledge that. Again, it wouldn't be much of a God if it didn't have dominion over all that is and know completely everything that exists. And then some, right? Maybe everything that will exist. But the even larger question, does God know all that does not yet exist? If God has the ability, this is our definition of God, this is the ground of God, to bring creation into existence, to create something out of nothing, to create all things out of nothing, is God still wondering, hmm, is my job undone? Is there more to manifest? Stranger things on heaven and earth than are, you know, what's that line? Perceived of in your dreams? And I think yes, obviously. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't uh, offer uh, a class meeting like this if I didn't think that God is evolving. God does ponder its existence and that the creation is ongoing. And I think this is really where we need to begin, is to contrast religion with philosophy in this regard, and the idea that perhaps the creation uh, is still happening. In other words, we have this uh, religious doctrine in uh, the Judeo-Christian and largely Muslim tradition. I'm not sure how many Westerners appreciate how similar Islam is to the Old Testament. And so, like the Hebrews, which pull largely on Hermetic or Egyptian philosophy, remember, Moses was raised in Egypt. And so, he's pulling on the Hermetic philosophy, and then Christianity, of course, is a spin-off of the Hebrew religion, Judaism, and uh, Islam in many ways is a spin-off of both of those. They don't recognize Jesus as equal to the Father God, Allah, but they recognize Jesus as a great prophet and recognize Moses as a great prophet in the same way most Christians and Jews recognize Muhammad as a great prophet. 
But nevertheless, we have in these three, if you will, three monotheistic religions, the belief system that God created its creation in six days, and then on the seventh day, rested. And of course, um, there are injunctions in the Old Testament about respecting that day of rest. In fact, the Old Testament says that um, people should be killed if they work on the seventh day. Part of the problem is we can't decide whether that's Saturday or Sunday, so we're not sure who to kill, right? And uh, people pick and choose from their religion. They don't like to admit it, but that's obviously an aspect of religion that people overlook, right? So they're willing to uh, work on Sunday. It used to be you couldn't even go out and pull weeds out of the garden. That was working. You were not allowed to do that. Um, well, I guess the question then, not to be sarcastic, but did God go back to work on Monday morning? Uh, is the creation ongoing? And what's with this debate between creation and evolution? I mean, is this the best way to frame this? Either God created its creation, the physical material universe, or it evolved. Why cannot God have created creation through evolution? Okay, and why can that not still be happening? Again, nobody talks about this. It's not like when it's brought up, the church hastens to challenge the idea. Not many people even talk about the creator creating through evolution. Much less, the bigger question that I'd like to address, is God itself evolving? Is God growing and evolving? And if God does know, as I said, if God is omniscient, you have to start there. You have to grant. Again, you wouldn't you wouldn't be acknowledging the existence of God if you said, Well, God is fallible. God is mortal. God is not infinite. God is not eternal and sometimes it gets confused. I mean, that's absurd. So I'm willing to grant as a philosopher who is, you know, really passionate about all religion. I, I love looking for truth in all religion, and yes, I do find truth in all religion, and I also find elements of absolute nonsense in all religion, and I think that's up to every individual to find what you believe is true and to discern what you believe is a false teaching since religion is taught by men and the holy books are channeled uh, by men, right? They may be divinely inspired, but the human beings who are the channels are nevertheless infallible. Oh, that line. 
from Hamlet. My wife, Doreen, just handed me a page. His, um, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Well, that's exactly what we're suggesting today. Is there? That's the question. Are there more things than are dreamt of in your religion and your philosophy? Does God know not only everything that is, granting that God will not be God if God were not omniscient and all-knowing and all-powerful and everywhere equally present? and all-seeing in terms of all that exists. But today's question is, does God know all that does not exist? Even if God knew most of what does not exist, (laughs) is it conceivable that God ponders, that God wonders, that God contemplates and God reflects And how does that hit you? To hear me say those words, how does that strike you? Does that strike you as terrifying and heretical and blasphemous? Or does that strike you as, yeah, maybe, we don't know. But if we're made in the image of the Creator, couldn't we wonder about God, God wonder about us, perhaps we're the agents of wonder. Perhaps creation is not just a bunch of separated objects where God creates cats and dogs and horses and sheep and and people and trees and flowers and mountains and clouds but that God is cats and dogs and horses and sheep and people and plants, and that that God expresses itself, that God's breath, as God exhales, it is all of these things and more. And this is basically mysticism. The idea that God did not so much create these separated forms, but that God is these separated forms, or these separated forms are living, breathing expressions of a living God. And this is really why the Christian church, and we see this in the religions of the East also, have these demigods, or sub-gods, or aspects of God, like there's Brahman and Atman. There is God, the totality of God, and then there is God that represents the soul of all the things collectively that God created. You have in Christianity a father God and a son God, that's S-O-N, although the coincidence Sun God <laughs> should not be overlooked, S U N, so that you have 
a Christ or a Christos that shares the ground of the Father God and yet incarnates in the physical form as a separated being. Christ being both the Son of God and the Son of Man, standing in a leg in two worlds, representing the human soul, both spirit, in that it's eternal and infinite and above and free of form, and yet incarnates as a human being. You know, if you're listening to this class, you must on some level share my fascination not only with comparative religion, but philosophy in general, and asking great existential and often unanswerable questions. And I've received some backlash in my life. I've had people, you know, challenge me and say, you have no right to even ask these questions. Who do you think you are, Christ? Well, Christ said, these things I do, you can do, and more seem to suggest that we have a responsibility to ask these questions, and it excites me, it makes me happy, it makes me feel more alive to wonder about these questions, even if they are ultimately unanswerable. And to point out that we have a tool, we have meditation by any name, Contemplation, introspection, reflection, prayer, pondering, wondering, being pensive, ruminating. <laughs> How many more can you think of? Calming the emotional nature and quieting the mind while sitting still to open yourself and stand receptive to your wondering nature. And this is what we're going to talk about the premium training in depth today the idea that God's will or the plan includes that which does not exist and God is evolving an evolution on earth evolution of the physical form nature is a reflection of God evolving and that God does expand and that all things expand and God is getting greater every day. The infinite is becoming greater. The infinite is expanding. There's a mind-boggling concept. Well, how, if it's infinite, how could it expand? Ask a mathematician or a scientist about the expanding nature of infinity. They'll smile and nod and say, yes, mathematically, infinity must grow. It must be dynamic. It, it must expand. And so, too, eternity must grow, must expand, must be more every day. And you are part of the process. And you can enrich your daily life and affairs by reflecting on this idea. Close your eyes for just a second and breathe and relax. And consider that the creation continues. Just reflect upon that. That every day as planets spin and rotate 
around the sun and galaxies whirl and yet expand farther and farther from every other galaxy, that the whole universe is expanding, that new energy is pouring into the universe. At all points, at every location, there is more energy every day in this universe than there was the day before. Instant by instant, moment by moment, the creation continues. And that whatever your sense of the ultimate divinity, all-knowing and all-powerful, it grows too. What are the implications to you, for you, in your life of living in a world that grows and expands and heals and learns and refines itself to become better and better every day in every way. Something to think about, something to care about. It gives you something to do, something to be about. Inhaling, fill your lungs, hold. And as you exhale, open your eyes, awake and alert, feeling even better than before, alive in a whole new way. So join us for the premium training. Uh, if you have not yet enrolled, you can do that in a minute. Just Go to theagelesswisdom.com after the W's dot theagelesswisdom.com and click on webinars, then premium training, and with your bank card you can sign up for one class or 13 weeks or a full year, and uh, as soon as you click submit, you'll get a thank you page with the URL and the password for today's event. I'm going to trundle over there and we'll get going in the next few minutes so you got time to do that even now. And if, all, if you've already enrolled, well, thank you for that. Mele Kalikamaka from Maui, Hawaii. Merry Christmas. Happy Solstice. 